So I'm going to rely on you guys. Uh, you know, I know we're a little spread out, but today's going to be a conversation. I'm not going to get up and you're not. Fortunately, you're probably already thinking, good. I don't have to listen to him the whole time. You guys are going to participate. So we're going to talk about these things. And I'm going to stop as I read through the chapter. I'll stop at different places just to kind of give you a little more insight in terms of this is what I want you to be thinking about and be prepared to share with the group. So let me get over to, I was, my, my phone Bible was in Hebrews. It's probably be good if I go back over to Romans. So here we go. I'm going to just read the chapter in its entirety. So, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, some versions say in view of God's mercies, so as we read through this, I want you to be thinking about, and by the way, I did ask Gary on the next slide, I won't show it to you, I won't reveal it, but I asked him to send me a a list of those mercies that we've talked about over the weeks in terms of that's been shared in Romans. So I want you to be thinking about those mercies. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I want you to be thinking about what that looks like. Um, Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want you to be thinking about that. What does that mean? To renew your mind. Why does it matter? Why is he telling us to do that? Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace to each of us. And if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. And if it's to lead, do it diligently. And when it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position and don't be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. 
On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will heat burning coals on his head. Just a side note, my dad totally misused. He would quote that when my sister and I were very close in age, and he would tell my sister to be really nice to me, and by doing so, that she would heat burning coals on my head. I think that's a little out of context, but that's just a side note. Don't overcome evil by evil, but overcome evil with good. So I'm going to throw this up here. Hopefully you can read this. I kind of lost, as I was building these slides, I don't know that I fully appreciated the size of the auditorium and your ability to maybe read what's there. Hopefully you can read it. This, this is a list of what Gary sent me. I asked him specifically, what are some of those mercies in light of God's mercies? What are those? And this is what he shared with me. Not that this is a conclusive list, but here's my question for the group. Which of these mercies speak to you the most and why? I'll start there, and then I'm going to switch gears and ask you, which is the hardest to accept and why? So what's here? Tell me what speaks to you the most. What puts the biggest smile on your face? I'm good at waiting, by the way. Now, don't get quiet on me, Richard. I know you want to stop. I mean, I've been in this class. You always have something to share. So which of these speak to you? Which of these speak to you and why? Looking at these, I'm going to go back to what Yeshua said are the two greatest commands. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. The first one is easy. The second one, that's difficult. That's tough. And he talks a lot about that. Because this encompasses the number one, basically. Sure. Sure. Any one of those speak to you the most in terms of when you see that word, it just puts a smile on your face. That's, that's mine. Tell me why. Why does grace speak to you the most? I don't deserve what he gives me. I feel, the, I feel the same way. I'm here only through the grace of Hashem. Yeah. I, I, it, it's the one that speaks to me the most because I know me the I know me better than anybody else. Michelle knows me second best, probably. And she'll affirm this. I need it. She's nodding. See, right now she's like, <laughs> he needs it. Who else? Which of these speak to you? We just spent a lot of weeks talking about some of these things. And he's got a big ask on the back end of this. And this is what's driving the ask to a large degree. So... What speaks to you here? Skip, talk to me. Which of these? Is grace the one that stands out to you the most? Which of these of this list? You may not can see it. It may be too small, but which of these mercies resonate with you the most and why? My apologies that you guys... Who can see the list? Who can read the font? See, now you've just exposed yourselves. So tell me what stands out to you the most. Say the righteousness and propitiation, and the word I would have picked was forgiveness, but propitiation okay. covers that um, because it 
because I need forgiveness for what I've done wrong, and I need his righteousness because I still want to be perfect and I'm But he can make me perfect. Yeah. I do. Thank you. I think it's great that he loves me in spite of myself. Isn't it? I tell Michelle this all the time, and I mean it. I Sometimes I look at her and I just say, how do you love me? How do you even like me? And she goes, it's not easy. <laughs> I never say that. But, yeah. <laughs> but isn't that... I see, and Betty, even as, you're, even as you're saying that, you're glowing. You're smiling, and it just, it's meaningful. Is there anything on here that's just hard to accept? Is there, is, there a, is there a word? Is there an action? Is there something on there from his mercy standpoint that you just, you just struggle accepting it? Or maybe acknowledging that it's real. Patience. It's hard to believe that God would be patient as He is with us. Well, he's got more patience than I do. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> right? Right? Isn't that true? Isn't it? How often do we say these things like, Thank you for being so patient and being so much better than me? I, you know, I'd like to have a, a plan. Here's, here's how things are going to happen. And, he doesn't yeah. give it. I don't know why. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. Patience, I, great, great word. I'm not the most patient person. I can't believe that the creator of this universe has the patience that he has with me. And as I continue to mess up, as I continue to make the same mistakes, say stupid things, treat people poorly... The list goes on. But you look at the patience that he had with Israel. Mm. In the last book of the Torah, <laughs> he told them, you're going to go off into captivity. And it took how many years before they did? Yeah. Just, it goes on and on. So here's my next question. Living sacrifice... Let me go back to it. Yeah, I know there's some questions here. It says, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. What does that mean? So I've got a question here. How do you surrender your life back to Jesus in thanksgiving for all that he's done? I don't know if you can see the image on there, but I've got a person that's got a piece of paper over his face and it says wanted. And what I'm trying to convey in that picture is a lot of what I feel when it comes to offering myself as a living sacrifice, which, by the way, when I read that, I'm thinking that sounds all in. That kind of sounds like a 100% commitment thing. And yeah, I'm not real good at that. I'm like the person that kind of has the paper over his face, like, you know, I'll, I'll do this part, but not that part. Or I'll give you 80% today or 60% tomorrow. But living sacrifice, daily, 100%, I'm not sure. I saw a comic one time that had a picture of like an altar, and it 
said the problem with living sacrifices is they keep crawling off the altar. <laughs> yeah. Walking away from it a little bit, right? It's great. That's good. That's a nice depiction. How do we do this? What does that look like? I'm, I'm all about practicality. I read stuff like this, and yeah, it sort of means something to me, but I, I, what does it mean to you, Bill? Make it more concrete. Get yourself out of the way and start doing stuff for other people. A lot of times we can't see just Jesus. He's kind of out there, but it is Jesus when you're surrendering your needs to do things for other people. And that's what he tells us to do. Be a servant. Put others above yourself. That's what it means for Bill. And it isn't easy. Because if you're like me, a lot of the people that you come into contact with, I'm not real eager to serve those people because I get frustrated with those people or I don't agree with those people or fill in the blank. It's not easy. He doesn't say... Offer your, you know, be a servant or offer your body when you feel like it or when it's convenient or if you like the folks that you're serving. That's, that, that wasn't part of what we read. What else? So being a servant. Who else? What does this look like? I think it boils down to our relationship with God. I should say his relationship with us is a tandem bicep. We want to be on the front guide. And he's peddling us crazy. At some point in our lives, this comes into focus with us. We swap seats. Mm-hmm. And the right becomes fantastic. Mm. Yeah. We like to be in charge, don't we? Yeah, we like to, and we tend to make a mess of things, but yet we still feel like we're. We deserve to be in charge. We want to be, and I, and I don't understand that. I don't understand that about myself. I can mess up just about any situation as good as anybody, and yet I still have a tendency to let me decide if we're going to go right or left and how fast we're going to pedal and all that. He's like, just get in the back and shut up, you know, basically. Yeah, let's see another. Richard, you got a thought? Yeah, I was... I kind of finished up some of what I was doing in my notes, but I was thinking about it. Hashem, in Numbers 13.3, he talks about, a lot of people say firstborn males, but in the actual scripture says, every firstborn, human or animal, is mine. And I think... These people are the firstborn of the Spirit. And therefore, they belong to Hashem. And that's the way this scripture is saying. Live as if you know who you belong to. That's a good thought. I, you know, I like, I like what you're saying because I'm thinking, again, I'm going to go back. I'm, gonna, I'm not picking on Michelle. Or this isn't about picking on Michelle, but this is, I live and I hopefully conduct myself in a way that says I belong to her in terms of my interactions with people and, and certainly in a professional setting, other women and those types of things. I think all of us as husbands or in relationships or wives, we 
we behave that way. Um, we need to, I, I like how you put that, Richard, act as if, interact with, and act as if we belong to God, because we do belong to God. It's a great, great analogy. I'm going to read a couple of things that just stood out to me as I thought about this. This is over in Galatians chapter 5. And as I was trying to just like, what does it mean? What does this mean? You know, I appreciate the comments. This was, I guess, a hint to maybe part of how we can do this or part of what it looks like. So this is 5, Galatians five sixteen and 17. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit. And maybe I'll say it Richard's way. Walk as if you belong to God. Let the Spirit lead on the tandem bike. <laughs> Don't. So walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, which sounds in contrast to offering your body as a living sacrifice. For what the flesh desires is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. That's one hint. For me, the whole rest of the chapter describes what that means. I think we can say, I think it's just that they Yep. Paul tells us exactly what being a living sacrifice to be. Because up until the point in Romans, there's been very little do this, don't do this. Yep. Laying this foundation of who we are and what Christ has done for us. And now it's sort of like, so what does this mean in terms of how you live? So to me, we just need to read the rest of the chapter. There is a lot there too, isn't it? And there's a lot that, and a lot of it is kind of what Bill just said, is serving others, just loving on people, being in harmony. No, I very much so. Let's go to the next thought. I'm looking at my time. I want to make sure that I get through. Yes, sir. Answer. I come to church three times a week. Am I I've sacrificed my body? If I just do that, what, what encompasses our body? You know, I, I'm going to go back to, I didn't read anything. If, if we all agree that a big part of that or 98% of that answer is what's in the rest of the chapter, I didn't hear, I didn't read a single thing in there about this part. I'm not saying it's not some part of it because I think it's a part of a sacrifice is being here in worship I think that's part of it but a big part of it's how we interact with each other is just serving other people putting ourselves at the back of the line so to speak somebody can help me with this because the scripture says even if we give our bodies to be burned don't do something we'll go to kind of it's more than you know we have our soul I I'm I think it's a go and do. It's a I, I think it's sometimes we think we can just we can just do what's good and we'll be accepted by God. 
All in. All in our body. And that's what we sacrifice. Good point. Yeah, to that point, there's no secular, there's no sacred. It's all sacred. <laughs> Shem doesn't have any secular to it. None. And that's, that's what Israel was all about. It was supposed to be all sacred. Every part of their life was to be sacred. That's the way we should be. Not easy. That just doesn't sound easy. It's not. That's why grace comes in. <laughs> that's, why, that's, that's why we like the word grace so much, right? So let's talk about this a little bit. We just talked about offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when we think about renewing our minds, what does that mean? Somebody tell me what that means. I think uh, it's important to constantly remind ourselves of the gospel, right? So when we wake up each day, it's just to, to start each day with renewal to different days of the day. So I think it's just that reminder that if we're thinking about the gospel often each day, I like that. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Which tells me, I guess, one, it's an ongoing thing. And that's kind of what you're describing. It also tells me that I'm probably subject to, my mind probably gets polluted somewhat. That's why it needs to be renewed. We're, we're being influenced by other things other than the gospel, other than Christ, other than whatever. What else do we do to renew our mind? Tim? Uh, I think the rest of the chapter hits on that mostly, but you know, a couple of things that come that kind of hit me are things like don't just pretend to love others, really love them, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to good. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. I mean it's a continual process of reminding myself um, who God is what he has done for me and rededicating myself to following him. Mm, thank you. Who else? The pattern of the world is one measure. We have to be suspect and follow the pattern of our pattern of what he wants. And constantly remind ourselves what that pattern is. What else? When you think of renewing your mind, I asked, as I was prepping for this, I asked some friends you know some of their thoughts and got a myriad of responses even different levels of mind renewal from sleeping there's a reason why we sleep I mean I, I you know when you read this you and you think about all the actions on the back side of this that some of you and, and we're going to get into those here in a minute and talk about those that's a lot of work you know, to love your enemy and to be in harmony with each other and some of those kind of things. And I got to, you know, you hear this a lot in sports and you hear, you got to get your mind right. Well, you know, if I'm going to get along with everybody and I'm going to be a servant and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, I, I got to be rested. I mean, I, I, I do think some of this does come with 
taking care of yourself. It's interesting that you bring that up because I think that's the primary reason that God gave us the commandment of remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. I don't think that's a command that has gone by the wayside. Hmm. Rest is important. Reflection. So why does it matter? Why is it so important that we do this? I mean, he speaks to it on the back end to know we do this so we can, we're able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We have a tendency to check this person, check this Okay. What I mean by that is we do the who, what, when, and where, but we don't get to the how and why. <laughs> right? He's <We're> asking <laughs> us, and, you know, and I keep coming back to that, and, and it really struck me strongly. When I read those verses in our morning Bible class on Thursdays, is when Jesus told Simon the Pharisee, who thought of Jesus, if he knew what that woman washing his feet with her hair, or drying it with her hair and her tears, if he knew who she was, he was a who, what, when, where. And Jesus says, Simon, do you see this woman? I think we go through life not seeing. Mm. That's what God's asking us to do. Nice. Why does it matter? Why do we need to renew our minds? Why, did, why does it matter? <laughs> I, somebody, I, I, I share this analogy in that in, there's a, I'm trying to think of how I can do this in a concise way. I, I almost see this as the lens of how we see the world. And we kind of have a worldly view a lot of times. I, I haven't had to wear these very long, but, and I don't like to wear them because I don't like, I, I'm, there's a little pride there to be honest with you. I don't like how I look with them because I think it makes my eyes look real big and I'm not comfortable, but, when I don't have them on, I can't see. <laughs> I can't read anything, and everything's blurry. And I think that's kind of a little bit of the mind renewal. We, we're in the world, and we're influenced by it, whether we like it or not. We see a lot of things. We hear a lot of things. We interact with a lot of different people. And... It's like going through life with, when you need glasses, it kind of, you start to where you just can't see things as clearly. And when you don't see things the way you need to see them, things get off. Like I'm trying to, I'm out in the garage, I'm trying to fix something, and I realize I need my glasses. So I have to go back in, and now suddenly I can see and I can actually do something and I think our, our mind renewals that way a little bit. Whether it's rest or study or reflection on what needs to be done and all these things kind of clear ahead and get us ready to do what God wants us to do and ask us to do each day. And I think kind of going to what he says here, we, and we kind of see it better. We understand what his will is a little better each day the more we 
renew that mind. So that's an analogy. Hopefully that resonates with some of you that maybe some of the glasswares we have. Gifts. We went through a list of gifts. And no, I'm not going to answer anything about what prophesying, if anybody's got a gift of prophesying. or I'm not even going to ask you what your gift is. But what I am going to ask you is, one, I think it's very clear that he says use them. Um, but I think he's got some lookouts here. What's, if, how, so speak to it. How do we use them? Well, he, he was very, he just told you. He said, here's your gift. Here's how to use it. If you're giving, give generously. If you're going to lead, lead with diligence and zeal. If you're going to teach, use it to enhance your trust. You know, prophesying. He doesn't, he's, uh, giving you here's then how to do it yeah just go do it right and have the correct frame of mind hence the renewal of the mind probably before then right so are there any lookouts with the gifts was there anything any warnings or what was the warning <laughs> be self-importance oh. pride in oneself <laughs> is a downfall I picked up this a person compared to Hashem's work is an easy prey to delusions of grandeur. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I would be one of the first to raise, but has anyone in the room ever had delusions of grandeur? <laughs> has anyone ever thought a little more highly of themselves than they ought? Has anyone said, I like your gift, but my gift's better? I'll, I'll read a quote that someone gave me, and I don't know if he was eloquent in writing this or if he pulled this from somebody else, so I don't know who ultimately gets credit. But he says, faithful uniqueness, humbly honoring and harmonizing with others as a group effect, and we just might use our gift in a meaningful way. Thought that was pretty good. Honoring and harmonizing with others with humility. Those are three things that I don't do very well. Those are not adjectives that I would put on myself. I can't speak for any of you. Good adjectives. There's a story about a guy. Uh, the leaders of the congregation came out and said, we want to look for a humble person, and they found a guy, and they said, you're the most humble person of all, and they gave him a little badge. And the next Sunday, he wore it on his uh, shirt pocket, right. and they took it away from him. <laughs> right. Great story. All right. So now we're at the bulk of the chapter here. And I don't know if this is a conclusive list, but I'm going to read this again. And here's what I want you to be thinking about. Which of these is most difficult and why? Which ones maybe are the easiest for you? But I'm going to read through it again. And this is, I say love and action. You can, I don't, that's the heading in, in mine. I'm sure there's other headings. It says love must be sincere. 
hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourself. Never lack in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low position. And don't be conceited. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful what to do is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Don't take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Don't overcome don't be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good that's a lot of stuff it's a lot of ask what's the most difficult I think you'll probably find you're not alone what's the most difficult on that list for you Say that again real loud. It's almost conflicting with everything you want to do. That almost sounds like some verses somewhere. I do what I don't want to do. and I, Yeah. Well, I think it's back to that part where we talked about surrendering yourself as a living sacrifice too. Right? To truly surrender means to put everything else down and pick that up. I, I don't even remember the list. I don't remember pick it up. Yeah. And I don't know that it's about the list as much as offering your body as a living sacrifice. And this is a lot of what that looks like. The hardest thing for me to do is column two. <laughs> the whole column? Yeah. The column on, on, on the right? Don't be proud, conceited. And, mo and most of column one. And most of column one. <laughs> and if you're real honest, most of the other column as well? Yeah. Tim? So, I, I do some of these better than others. I think to one extent or another, I struggle with every one of these. Um, and I think it's a, a reminder that there's not a point where you arrive. You're constantly working on all of these things to be more and more like Jesus. Well said. Did everybody hear that? You never arrive. This is the bad news. I wish I could tell you, you know what, if you kept that list and you had it, you'd finally, you'd be great at it. That's the problem. No, that's not the problem. It's not the list. It's not whether you have it in your hip pocket or any of that. The battle continues every day, which I think is part of the, why the renewing of the mind, there's this, as we read this, you can tell this is not a one and done. This isn't, this is an ongoing thing. I don't know that it ever gets easy. Some of them get easier than others, probably. Depends on the day. If you slept that good the night before, if somebody tried to run you off the road 30 minutes earlier, have you found yourself, I have done things and said things to people in line at the grocery store that I am embarrassed. I'm not even going to share with you how non-Christ-like 
I have behaved at times. And then the next day you have almost the exact same scenario and really do some of these things really well. To your point, it's just, it's a battle. What else? Eric, this is back to what I said earlier. This is a checklist. And we're focusing on the who, what, where, and when. But why should we do this? And how is really the reason, or how we should do so it. So tell, tell me why. Why? Because Jesus has lived this. He lived it. It does, these things don't come naturally to us. I mean, I can, I can honor others and live in harmony with everyone that's, that's in here because we're like-minded. Yep. If you're not like-minded, I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. So why don't I like you? Because I'm human. But Jesus even gave Judas the song. Yep. There's an expectation here. Yeah. I'd say the one word that you can put behind everyone on the cell phone. Because it's my money, my food, my time, my feelings, my happiness. So. Yep. I'm I'm my favorite person. may not be any of your favorite person, but that's okay. <laughs> I like me. And that's how we operate, to Bill's point. But if you don't like you, you can't like someone else. Well, that's true. It's okay to like yourself, right? That's, that's not the... But I like myself way more than I like you. And I like, uh, I like myself way more than I like a lot of these people. And what translates is, is not much of this. What that translates to is Eh, maybe, as long as it doesn't interfere with what I want to do. I don't mind helping you as long as it doesn't interfere with my day. I don't mind going and doing this, but you know what? Maybe tomorrow, because today, guess what? I'm going to play golf today. That's what I want to do. And, oh, by the way, I generally spend most of my time doing what I want to do. And a lot of what I want to do doesn't show up here. <laughs> And I'm not saying that, like, I'm, I'm not bragging about that. That's just the reality of my condition, which goes back to the grace thing. Thank God for grace. Not easy. Most difficult. It's most difficult, it's all difficult, because we're selfish, to Bill's point. It's selfish. So we only have a few minutes I think a lot of what is in Romans 12 is, is it's our daily, it's, I hate to say the daily grind, <laughs> but there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of expectations spelled out in this chapter for us. And I love how it starts in view of his mercies. I, we've all had situations where people have done something really nice for us. I have, and we're, and we're motivated. I, you know, somebody does something for your kids, 
and you just want to love on them and you want to bake them a cake and you want to do this and you want to do that. God has given us more than we could ever hope for. Deserve, expect, whatever. Turn that around when somebody does something nasty to you. Yeah, right? With, I don't even want to go there because, yeah, that's too easy. That's, that's where this coals of fire come in. Yeah, no doubt. I believe that's the word of God. You do these things and you're putting the word of God on them, them. showing them Hashem wants me to be better than I want to be. So talk to me about in light of all of his mercies I want you to just walk out of here today something that you've grabbed onto that says, you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that mercy this week and that's going to motivate me to do X or to do Y. What's that going to be for you? You're not going to be in the. You're going to be on that tandem bike, but you're not going to be. You're not going to be driving the bike. I think you're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna be on the back. I've got to handle my eyes because I'm afraid of where he's taking me. <laughs> right. He always takes us places we're not as comfortable. For sure. Who else? Jesus retreated sometimes when it got to be too much and prayed. But we can't live there. We've got to come out. That quote there? Okay. Nice. So we got people coming in. This is the part where I have to say we're done, I think. I haven't been in the auditorium. I'll quit, and I'll quit pestering you for questions. Thank you for your participation. Happy Easter. Thanks for being here. Thanks for all of your input and helping me kind of work through this as I was preparing for this. I'm still working through some of what this means for me. And hopefully this will challenge you to think about what it means for you. And uh, thanks for being here and go enjoy a few minutes. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.